When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. 70 a.m., The Zone. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Boy, I really can't complain about the weather forecast I'm looking at. It looks like sunshine today and will top out probably around 39 degrees. Maybe a sliver of a possibility of some flurries overnight down to 31. Tomorrow, a little breezy and 36. Thursday, a little cooler at 32. Friday, 34. Saturday, 38. Sunday, 34 degrees, so fairly mild compared to what we lived with last week. How you doing, everybody? I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. happy to bring you that news as we get started on a Tuesday morning. You know, as we see the temperatures warm up, our snowpack is going to start to melt. That means a lot of water moving around the state of Wisconsin. As always, it is imperative that Wisconsin livestock owners pay attention to what their waste management plan is, how it is able to flex with the changing weather. Tomorrow is the 2021 Midwest Manure Summit. And because of the pandemic, it's all online, which means it's free and really no excuse why you can't tap into some of the knowledge. Josh Gremlin's got an update on some of the hot topics they're focused in on for this year's summit. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select Case IH equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance recently issued a special dividend to support their auto, home, farm, and business customers to help keep Wisconsin strong. This dividend will pay out over $5 million back to their policyholders. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. The slaughter of livestock has really been in the headlines since the COVID-19 pandemic hit. We know about the major meat packers and the, the lawsuits and the sick workers and even those that have died from getting COVID-19. And it's prompted some discussion led by the Wisconsin Farmers Union about what's going on with slaughter, federal, state slaughter. And Josh, you ran into a guy that's uh, kind of taking the bull by the horns on this topic, huh? Hey, no pun intended, right, Bob? <laughs> yes. Uh, Josh Scramlin here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I caught up with a gentleman named Marty Prem. He is the owner of Prem Meats in Spring Green. That is located in Sauk County. And as you said, for the last year, ever since the COVID-19 pandemic began, we have really been talking about the issues that our local and national meat processors have been facing. So Marty took matters into his own hands because he was uh, seeing a need for a mobile slaughtering union. So so at this point, Marty has that unit out on the roads rolling, and to date, it is the only state-inspected mobile slaughtering unit in all of Wisconsin. We started in 2016 with the unit. Um, we initially got the idea uh, just because we had so many people uh, calling our meat shops, uh, Prem Meats and Spring Green here, 
looking for slaughtering services that everybody was at capacity. And we just didn't have the room, nor we wanted to take the chance of investing in a, a full slaughter floor. So we started talking with one guy that we knew that worked in the, the meat industry for several years, was actually a meat inspector for a while, and we came up with the idea of a mobile slaughter unit. Scott was is his name, and he's still, still working with us. Something he wanted to try, and I said, well, let's get all these phone calls. Um, let's give it a shot and see what we can do. So we just basically reached out to the state and said, you know, this is our kind of our intentions, what we want to do. Basically ended up taking the parameters that are uh, imposed on any slaughter floor and shrunk it down to a, a, a mobile truck size. Um, so we, we have hot water on the truck. We have generators, winches, a whole rail system to hang carcasses. And the unit's propane-powered for everything in, in the back. Um, what we did was we just started building it as, you know, as we got kind of about halfway into it, we'd invite the state out. Does this look okay? Is this going to pass? Or what, what do we need to do? There was a few minor tweaks we had to do to it um, with some plumbing issues. But other than that, it was once we got it done, um, they came out and looked at it. And what the unit is, is it's a 26-foot basically straight truck. It's a refrigerated cargo box that's got a lift gate on it, and the inside is split into two sections. One would be the hanging cooler, and then one would be the processing area. Yeah, I mean, to say that we're the first, we're not the first um, mobile slaughter, but we are the first and only, at this point that I know of, um, state inspected in, in Wisconsin. So from a customer's standpoint, if I'm a farmer that has some beef steers I want to get slaughtered, I give you guys a call, you show up to the farm, and then... What point in the process can be handled on the farm with your mobile slaughter unit? Sure. So what we'll do is um, just come out, get the animal out of the pasture. We'll we'll get it um, knocked and pulled into the truck. And what they will do is they'll skin it, gut it, and basically quarter it. Everything's washed in the truck and um, inspected inside. And then those carcasses get rolled into the hanging cooler. Um, Once that happens and the truck is done for the day, they'll come back to our shop uh, in Spring Green here and offload the carcasses into our hanging cooler for proper aging. Since this is state inspected, does that mean that an actual state inspector comes out to the farm with you guys on every farm call that you make? Yes, they do. And that's what poses a little more challenges, too, because um, the the slaughterhouses that are brick and mortar are accustomed to their everyday this is how it is. Um, the inspector is always there where we have a lot more coordination of every farm that the guys pull up to is a different situation. Um, every animal is different. So that's where it's posed a little more complications. And then when the state's involved, if it's an inspector, then we have to coordinate with our circuit supervisor so they can schedule the appropriate area um, inspector to come out with us. So they'll meet us out at the farm. They'll watch the whole process and then follow the truck back to our shop and watch the offloading. Marty Prem is the owner of Prem Meats in Sauk County. He's along with us right now. They have the only state-inspected mobile slaughtering unit in all of Wisconsin. And Marty, why was it that you decided you wanted to do this? Because it's a big investment of both time and money. We initially started just with the, the thought of we have a lot of area farmers that don't even have, I would say more along the sides of, hobby farmers that don't necessarily have the means for transporting their animals into into a slaughterhouse. So we noticed a lot of interest in that, um, just talking with farmers here and there. 
And then one of our biggest pushes with it, I would say, would be we really focused on having the animal in its own environment, you know, at the time of the time of knocking it. And just to take that stress off of hauling the animals in, having them in an unfamiliar environment. And what we found is it, it, we've had several farmers say that it's a much better product returned and they really enjoy the service of not having to worry about hauling their animal in. I've got a two-parter for you. First part, what species of animal do you process with this? And then second part, uh, what's your harvest capacity on this thing? Sure. So typically we'll do beef is probably our most popular. We will do hogs, um, lambs, goats, anything that we don't get anything down into the, the chickens or anything like that. Um, but that that's about our main would be the beef. Um, usually, I would say during our normal time, um, we're doing probably about 25 beef a week and up to 30 pigs. Um, it just depends on workload. The winter poses a few more problems with that just because of road conditions, things like that. So we tend to go a little bit lighter in the winter just to allow for a snow days or emergency days or things like that. You're based in Spring Green, like you said, so that's in Sauk County. How far are you willing to drive this thing to get to somebody's farm? Usually about uh, the two-hour mark from Spring Green would be about the furthest is that we would travel out. If it gets much past that, it's, it's just inefficient and um, too much road time. Makes sense. And then how far out is your mobile slaughtering unit booked? I know that brick and mortar, we're looking middle of 2022. Is it kind of the same situation when it comes to this? So we are about as well. I think right now um, towards June of 2022 is where we're at. Okay. That's to be expected. Marty, you went into this with the hope that it would make things easier on your customers and you would have a better product in the end. Do you think that you've succeeded in that hope? I do. Um, For the most part, like I said, uh, being out on these farms, it it definitely poses um, all sorts of different scenarios and situations that the guys really have to adapt to and adjust to. And there, there has been learning curves along the way. And we definitely promote now, you know, that try to have the animals in a smaller pen that they're not out chasing them through pastures, things like that. And then the other, the other issue that, you know, we've ran across is just getting rid of the offal. If we have five animals, it's, it's almost impossible to haul them all back to the shop. So we sometimes in the springtime, that will pose a problem with not being able to leave the guts on the farm, um, things like that. All right. And then one more thing before I let you go. Do you see yourself holding the title of this being the only state inspected trailer for the foreseeable future? I mean, have people reached out to you, whether it be in Wisconsin or beyond, and said, we really think it's cool what you're doing and we want to do it too? Um, I know there's definitely people interested in it. We've gotten calls from Minnesota, from people in Minnesota, Iowa, wanting to, to look at our truck to ask questions about who built it and whatnot. So there's probably been, within the last year, we've probably had 10 to 15 people call with interest in it. I, I know it does pose a lot of time constraints on the state of Wisconsin, so I don't know how willing they would be to put another one on the road at this point. Um, that was one thing that our area supervisor had brought up is just that concern if everybody's trying to get these. Um, it just it takes so much of their resources to, to follow us around, and, and we can't process as many animals be, you know, as, as a brick-and-mortar building at, on a certain day, so we are out five days a week where most places are only slaughtering one to two days a week. 
Fascinating stuff right there with Marty Prem. He is one of the owners of Prem Meats in Spring Green. That is located in Sauk County. And out on the road, they have rolling the only state-inspected mobile slaughtering unit in all of Wisconsin. It's a 26-foot truck. Has all the bells and whistles. This thing is state-of-the-art, and we've got pictures of it up on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com. After you see the pictures, it will all make a whole lot more sense why Marty and his crew are able to do the things that they are able to do when it comes to serving Wisconsin farmers. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Josh Scramlin. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. The Madison Police Department and Madison Area Crime Stoppers need your help regarding an attempted homicide that occurred one year ago. On January 29, 2020, a mother and her two young children were brutally attacked by an unknown gunman in the 2700 block of Dahl Street. It is presumed that the gunman followed the victims from their residence located in Kennedy Heights Apartments. While traveling in the 2700 block of Dahl Street, the car in which the gunman was riding cut the victim off, forcing their car to stop. The gunman then exited the car and fired multiple rounds into the car that the victim and her two young children were traveling in. The mother and a child sustained injuries related to the gunfire. Madison Police Department's Violent Crime Unit is reaching out to the public in hopes that someone has more information about this senseless act of gun violence. Please visit MadisonAreaCrimeStoppers.org or Madison Area Crime Stoppers Facebook page for additional photos and video of the suspects. If you have any information regarding this incident, please contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Huh. Nice. Hardwood floor. Or is it? Sounds like a floor. It's not squishy. That's good. Floors aren't supposed to squish. Goes wall to wall, like good floors do. And I'm walking all over it. Usually, a dead giveaway that it's a floor. But it's not a floor. This is a mattress. Charlie Heidel's for 52 days. People like Charlie are scattered all across Dane County. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply nearly $400,000 in bedding, furniture, clothing, and household items to people like Charlie. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in food, shelter, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, and let's find out what's coming our way weather-wise. Pretty mild day yesterday. It looks like, at least temperature-wise, that's what we can expect for today. Let's talk about it. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, joining us live this morning. Before I get to that, though, is it a full moon? It caught my eye this morning driving in. It just was beautiful, but I couldn't tell if it was all the way there. You're saying you were mooned on the way in this morning? <laughs> Well, I had to go there. It's I, not officially I, full till Saturday. <laughs> and I could have been. I could have been. My eyesight's not what it used to be. It could have been. Well, good. <laughs> All right. So I got that to look forward to the next couple of days. Is it going to stay clear? Or is it going to cloud up some as far as uh, that moon visibility? And uh, temperatures look just fine by my book. Yeah, there's a little more cloud cover to be expected again here, Pam, especially on toward tonight. Uh, where it did clear out in southern Wisconsin. You had a little further north and northeast. 
and you get up here toward the Fox Valley, uh, Fond du Lac, Oshkosh, we've had just a little light snow and I a little new dusting this morning that goes along with what's dripping off my downspout because it's warm enough. Things are thawing. That's how this pattern is. We have this mild air in store and it stays around here the next day or two, but there's another low that's going to move through very quickly tonight. It's already providing rain, snow, freezing rain in western North Dakota, northwest South Dakota. The low just off to the northwest corner of North Dakota will slide southeast very quickly. I'd expect heading towards central Wisconsin before it turns back sharply to the northeast. So we can see that little precipitation around, certainly overnight around here, and then maybe cooling only a few degrees as we head toward the end of the week. I'll have those forecast details right after this. Being a member owner pays at Compure Financial. As a farm credit cooperative, Compure's member owners share in the profits. And this year, member owners will receive $197 million back in patronage. Learn more at Compure.com backslash patronage. Compure Financial ACA is an equal credit opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. Patronage allocations, redemptions, and payments remains at the discretion of the board of directors based on a combination of factors including the risk in portfolio, earnings, and current capital position. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and with their property is money. (laughs) So one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. (laughs) Uh, Instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, give me the good news on where we're headed temperature-wise today. Well, today is the warm one, and in fact, there'll be some breaks of sunshine, but the clouds will redevelop, and for most of us, we'll be in that neighborhood of 40, maybe at 40 at Madison, just a little below east and a little above to the west, and the winds become west and south at about 5 to 15. By late today and certainly into the evening, sprinkles, flurries, that light precipitation possible. I don't expect we get a lot of icing or anything like that, but some wet and kind of slippery precipitation. Nighttime lows drop down to freezing and below, let's say 30, 31 degrees. South winds 5 to 10, becoming west late in the night. Then partly sunny Wednesday, upper 30s. Northwest winds 5 to 15, gusting to 25. Mostly sunny and in the mid-30s, 34 degrees or so Thursday. West winds about 5 to 10, a little warmer Friday. But late Friday night, Pam, could be another round of a little snow and rain and snow possible towards Sunday or just to start us into next week as well. Temperatures do their best to stay above normal at least right through the weekend. So we talked about it yesterday. What are our friends in Texas waking up to today? Are they about done with their nightmare? I think they are. Those temps are starting to turn around for them. And, you know, the weather has stopped being a challenge. Now it's everything else they've faced over the last couple of weeks that they have to get straightened out. Yeah, right. Cleanup is a priority. All right. Very good, my friend. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. See if I get a suntan.
All right, we'll see you then. All right, sounds good. It's too much. Ag meteorologist worried about our moon. <laughs> and uh, coming up this morning, we are going to switch gears and uh, kind of get her back on course here. It's National FFA Week, and the president of the Wisconsin State FFA has been working really hard along with his officer team to stay connected with those members, those potential members, and those advisors. We've got that story coming up. And like Stu said, the water's moving, so we've got to be careful with handling nutrients on the farm. We're talking about that as well on this Tuesday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Chris Collini with a dirty little secret. Growing up, we were encouraged to track mud in the house. After all, dirt has been our family business for generations. Today we rely on more than our boots to transport our nutrient-rich soils. We have bigger trucks and better equipment if you need it delivered. Or you can simply pick it up at our awesome dirt-filled processing plant. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection. A name you can trust when service is a must. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection is here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week for all your residential and commercial plumbing services. From installation, repairs, and maintenance to complete sewer and drain cleaning, we've got you covered. Visit MononaPFP.com. Monona Plumbing and Fire Protection, a name you can trust when service is a must. Do you suffer from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Is sleep a struggle? Hi, my name is Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. CBD has been working for my customers. While you have probably heard about me talking about CBD, I am on a mission to continue to educate on this natural alternative. We carry one of the largest and most reputable selections of CBD products in southern Wisconsin. Our AMM CBD certified wellness consultants are on the cutting edge of CBD knowledge and are trained to find the right brand and potency for your relief. Whether you're suffering from chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, or sleep problems, CBD works. With dozens of high-quality CBD products and brands to choose from, we can find you relief at a price point as low as a dollar a day. Visit one of our four Madison-based locations. Enjoy our live chat feature on our website. Check us out online with free shipping at findyourhealthyplace.com and free same-day delivery for our Dane County customers. The Healthy Place. When it comes to putting a room together, I'm brilliant. No idea where you come up with these things. You didn't put the room together. I can just scribble an idea down on a piece of paper and voila! You drew the room and handed it to a lazy boy interior designer. I don't know how I do it. These ideas just come to me. Your idea was to go to lazy boy. That's all anyone has to do. I mean, I'm not bragging. You're totally bragging. But a little planning and you could have a home that looks like this. Anybody can do that. It just takes a simple meeting with a lazy boy interior designer. It takes about an hour, then they take it from there. It just feels good to have it all come together like this. I can finally put my feet up and relax. You've had your feet up the whole time. It's time to order your custom designs for summer delivery. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor Madison. East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Looking for that unique one-of-a-kind engagement ring? Something 
that you can customize yourself. Maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces. And fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air, we're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. All right, Zach, so last night... You know, what's the takeaway of this game against Northwestern? I know Northwestern lost 12, you know, coming into the game, now lost 13 straight. Is this something to get excited about as Wisconsin maybe a, I deemed it hopefully a slump buster that it could, uh, you know, help them moving forward against Illinois, Purdue, Iowa? Is this a good game to get excited about that they win 68 to 51? It was, remember when we talked last week, we thought, you know, you, or at least people hoped that Iowa was the low point, but if they had gone into Northwestern and lost, that would have been the low point. Yeah, that would have been rock so, bottom. Yeah, to me, yeah. So I think I think Wisconsin has hit rock bottom, right? Uh, the Iowa game is rock bottom, and now they are. This, yesterday was a first step in trying to, you know, work itself out of the canyon that it built uh, that it fell into these last what six seven weeks. Yeah. So, um, look, that was a game that they absolutely had to win because I don't think um, I think it's gonna be very tough to win any of the next three. So you have to you had to absolutely have that one for your NCAA tournament uh, hopes for sure. Um, I, after thinking about it, I think I said 17 last week. I think now, I think they're pretty much in now. I think 16 will get it for them, no matter what happens these last four games or however many games they play in the Big Ten tournament. But, yeah, so it was a good first step. Slump buster, I don't know about that. It's not like they, they shot incredibly. Yeah. But it was important to see two guys that are going to have to lead them uh, down the stretch shoot well, and that's Demetri Trice and, uh, and Michael Potter. I mean, they went a combined, what was it, 12 for – 14 from the field, including six for seven from from three. Very good first step for those guys. Yeah, big time. I mean, Micah Potter, what, what didn't he go on a stretch for three, four games where he didn't hit a single three-pointer, and now he's uh, just him alone. He's, what, six for nine from deep? Nice. In the last two games, I think he scored you know all three of his three-pointers last night, correct? And now he's uh, shooting very yeah. well. Yeah, no, it's, it's huge. I mean, I think we know how important he is to their offense. Uh, he is a 
still a work in progress defensively. I'm not going to call him a liability, but he's still very much a work in progress there. Yeah. But his offensive game has to has to lead Wisconsin, especially considering the lack of offense they're getting from the other guy that plays that position. Now, Zach, uh, after the game, during the comments, when I think you know Guard was talking, Potter and Trice were you know, maybe baking a cake in the background because you hear all the pots and pans clamoring around. But, Zach, once Micah Potter took the podium, he said that they had a team meeting. And this was like the you know a big call to resp- uh, arms here to respond to what's going on. Did they talk about what this team meeting what was all said, or was it all kind of just you know it's for us to know and no one else to find out? Yeah, Potter wouldn't expand on exactly what was talked about, but I think it was kind of a look. We this is not how, and I'm speaking like just trying to think of you know what Michael Potter was thinking when he was talking there last night. He said, you know, we this has not gone the way that we wanted it to go. Right, they didn't. They wanted to win another Big Ten title. They wanted. They were in the top ten team to to start the year. This season has not played out the way that they wanted it to. But that doesn't mean the next two weeks plus uh, in the you know yeah. Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament can't. And you know we can attack this. We can go one of two ways here. We can say two more weeks and then we go our separate ways because we'll go on with our life. Pretty much all of us are done here. Or we can strap it the, up yeah. and go out and uh, and fight. And we saw last night that they decided to do the latter. Again, Northwestern's a horrible team. So, um, I mean, they, they've played some teams tough, but they're, they've lost 13 in a row. So yeah. that's, it's, it's a good first step, but I think that's what the message was. It was, okay. you know, pack your bags and we can just mail it in these next couple of weeks or fight. And I, so far, at least last night, they fought. Question, and I don't know if you know the answer to this or not, did Nate Reavers get the email about the team meeting? Because I'm looking again at the stat sheet for Reavers. 17 minutes he started, one for six of field goals of two points, one block, and one rebound. Do you know if he got the memo about that meeting? I'm sure he was in there. So, well, before, before we crush him for his offense, I'm not he crushing, was solid I'm just, defensively. Yes, he, 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 he was solid defensively. He's, he's, again, I'll say this, like he's, he's not, he doesn't look bad. He just the shots aren't going in right now. Like, it's all I, mental. I don't it's he, all mental, right? I don't. I don't think he looks bad offensively. Like he did look bad offensively earlier this year, right? I mean, it was just what the hell was that? He doesn't look like that right now. Um, they've tried to to get him going in a couple of different ways. Uh, you know, getting him some looks, and it just he just hasn't been able to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, what's he shooting? He's shooting six for twenty five of the last four games. Oof. Not ideal, and. For a guy that's six eleven, yes, having one rebound, like you need something from Nate, and they um, are still searching for it on a consistent basis. From farm to fork and everything in between, we cover it all. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, this is National FFA Week, and we sure don't want it to go unnoticed. Although the pandemic has really changed up what our FFA chapters can do to celebrate, we'll hear a few thoughts from Joe Schleiss, our Wisconsin State FFA president, on what his officers' team's been doing to keep that motivation up out there with both students, as well as teachers. Also, John Heinberg, Market Advisor. Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson is going to be joining us live this morning. Give us a little sense of direction on the markets. I'm PM Yankee. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, 23rd day of February. Interesting to note, on this day in 1954, the first mass inoculation against polio 
is conducted. It involved virologist Jonas Salk's vaccine that is still one of only two versions that's used in the world today to combat polio. But that mass inoculation started on this day in 1954. And now you know. Well, like we said, we want you to know that indeed it's National FFA Week. And although celebrating it this year looks a little different than it has in the past, they're still trying. Joe Schleiss is the president of the Wisconsin State FFA Association, and he says his officer team has really risen to the occasion. Yeah, well, it's been a challenge to keep members involved, and I'll say that my team has been doing an excellent job, though. Um, one way that we've been trying to make sure that our members stay involved is through social media. That's a really big thing. But I think there's one point that we always try to make sure that our communication is constant with our members. Uh, and I know some people put it that it's almost like you want to over-communicate, that you want to make sure they know exactly what events are happening. Uh, our website is another great way that we have really start to revamp this year to really make sure that our members know what's going on. Uh, but going through the rest of this year and uh, what we have done, I think it's been pretty successful and what our plans were and what they'll continue to progress like. Joe Schleiss is the president of our Wisconsin State FFA officer team, and he said they've had to look at all kinds of different resources to try to make sure they can keep their message fresh for both members and advisors. It starts with starting from scratch. you got to start, what kind of virtual platform are you going to use? I mean, working with over 250 school districts, you got to make sure it's accessible for all because that is one thing. We're trying to make sure it's equitable for all students. But at the same time, so when we start from scratch and we try to move on to creating these different conferences, uh, we got to make sure the hype is there. And that means that our state officers are directly connecting with our members one-on-one. I mean, if that is a personal message to them, if that's directly contacting the advisors to get them to promote stuff, creating videos is a huge thing this year that we've been doing. I don't think any other state officer team has created so many videos this year because members love it. They love short little clips, but that's the way that we can portray our excitement is through videos instead of just emails and being in person. Joe Schleiss, our Wisconsin State FFA president, says you have to recognize that from one school district to another, they've got different protocol. They're working in different platforms, and they have different resources available. He says it's critical that they keep in constant contact with advisors while that scenario changes. Yeah, well, the advisors play a really key role. Uh, the team is constantly somehow emailing the advisors on a weekly basis. And in past years, that might have been maybe on a monthly, but it's always uh, some sort of update of what's going on. Right now, we're planning district leadership development events, and our state team just had over 30 different meetings with advisors because we're trying to communicate what's the best platform for that specific district and those schools and how that can progress and you know work out to perform to have a successful contest. Joe Schleiss, he's our Wisconsin State FFA president, hailing from the Denmark chapter, still keeping that energy up and the message strong when it comes to the National FFA Week for students as well as those advisors. Good job, Joe and team. Well, it's going to take a team approach to get the information out tomorrow for the 2021 Midwest Menor Summit, a critically important conversation to be having, especially now when we're seeing some of the snow melt, starting to watch some of that water move, 
more critical than ever before to keep those nutrients on the farm. Because let's face it, folks, today with cell phone technology and uh, closed-in spaces, people are paying attention to what you're doing with those nutrients. Josh Gramlin has an update on what you can look forward to this year virtually. There is still time to register for the Midwest Manure Summit that is happening virtually tomorrow, February 24th. And this is something that is put on through the UW Division of Extension. According to the event's website, the Midwest Manure Summit is geared towards progressive dairy managers and owners, consultants, service providers, custom manure haulers, educators, dairy nutritionists, and farm management professionals. So basically, everybody under the sun in the dairy industry is invited to attend. And to chat about this event with me this morning is Matt Lippert. He is a Wood County Extension agent. And Matt, if you could, let's just get like an elevator pitch of why people should attend and what they can expect. Midwest Manure Summit is usually not so much about the agronomy, like injection and stuff like that. It's more about what happens in the barn. So this year we have uh, pelletizing manure solids, ammonia capture for the organic market, um, feeding strategies to reduce methane, uh, biochar, and manure management. So, uh, well, there's three tracks during the day, wet gasification, addressing manure odor, so we have a lot of topics. Yeah, there's some interesting topics. I'm just looking at the list. Uh, feeding strategies to reduce methane production, mitigating manure odor. It's really wide-ranging. How did you guys settle on the topics that you did? Well, I think we work closely with uh, universities. Uh, the speaker panel this year has a number of them from the UW, uh, especially biological systems engineering. But we also have folks from uh, Cornell North Carolina State, University of Nebraska, Washington State, University of Minnesota, the EPA. So part of it is uh, the cutting edge of their research and and so forth as far as uh, what's coming up in the industry, uh, that we have our panel that works on what's the most current topics. Okay, and then there's three tracks during the conference, so you kind of got to pick and choose what you you watch. So, uh, yeah, you have to pick uh, as far as live events. which one you want to watch. Uh, it's on the 24th, and uh, it starts at uh, 9, uh, which is a, a speaker for everyone, systems modeling and optimization for organic waste management. But then we, uh, starting at 10 o'clock, we start breaking out into three different tracks. And uh, it's virtual, and obviously in the past it hasn't been. And so we, we bring in these speakers uh, from all over the world, and uh, uh, have to transport them in and stuff. So usually this is uh, not the cheapest conference to attend, but this year it's free. That it is, and it looks like it's going to be a good one. We're talking about the Midwest Manure Summit. That is happening tomorrow, February 24th. Like so many other events, it is going to be a virtual platform. If you would like to register, you can search Midwest Manure Summit. It will pop up right there. You do have to pre-register for the event so that you can get the link for the actual conference sent to you. Thanks so much to Matt Lippert, a Wood County Extension agent, for joining me. And with a look at your agribusiness news, I'm Josh Scramlin. And again, remember that Summit is happening all online, 9 a.m. till 4.30 p.m. tomorrow. Just go to midwestmanure.org. Markets and overnight electronic trade remain firm. Talking about it with John Heinberg in just a moment. December corn up about 
two at four seventy two. November beans twelve cents higher right now at twelve twenty four. The wheat for July is down four at six fifty three. Barrel cheese was unchanged yesterday. Forty pound block cheese up three and a quarter at one fifty seven. Double A butter though dropped four to one fifty one a pound. Right now March milk's down twelve at sixteen twenty four. But April close six cents higher. At 1682, a hundredweight. That being said, what's going on with the markets this morning? What is the hot newsmaker? John Heinberg's got that for us next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Save now during Johnson Tractor's Land to Lawn sales event. Now through March 31st, save on select Case IH Genuine Parts. 45% off select sweeps. 20% off filters. 10% off all OEM lubricants. 15% off most other parts. View the entire Land to Lawn savings catalog at johnsontractor.com and stop in to save on genuine Case IH parts and more. Johnson Tractor from Land to Lawn. When we say we're the concrete producing company that contractors rely on, it's because they know we produce our own superior ready-mix products that endure the Wisconsin elements, and our family stands behind the long-lasting performance. Add one of our unique products to your next project. The concrete producing company, the contractors rely on advanced concrete. Producing concrete foundations to maintain concrete relationships. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, let's jump right into it. Our friend John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson over in West Bend, joining us this morning. We've got everything from the Texas weather scenario that keeps unfolding and impacting markets right on through to last week's uh, USDA Ag Outlook Forum. But we want to start with uh, an FFA shout-out, huh, John? Tell people the connection, the affinity you've got uh, with the FFA and Ag Education and why you want to make sure that folks are slowing down to recognize National FFA Week. Sure. Before I got into the, working with the Total Farm Marketing, I was the FFA advisor at the Cash and FFA chapter in western central Wisconsin for 16 years. And National FFA Week was kind of the highlight of the school year at times, uh, you know, kind of breaking up the winter monotony with the activities and things that we did on a daily basis, as well as things that we got involved with in the community during that week. And, you know, the FFA chapter was very important to me in that Wisconsin FFA and overall is extremely important to my history. Uh, you know, as a high school student going through, uh, a lot of the 
places I'm at today are because of some of the things I learned in the FFA organization uh, with those leadership skills as well as the entrepreneurial skills. So so wish everybody out there in terms of the uh, FFA membership in Wisconsin a happy FFA week. Have a great week. Hopefully things can kind of be as normal as can with everything going on in the schools in terms of COVID and the restrictions. But again, make sure you take some time and, you know, uh, look at uh, thank those FFA members for what they do and those chapters and those advisors because it's a lot of work, uh, but it's a rewarding side of work. Yeah, boy, for sure. And if you're alumni, just think about uh, not just the fun, but uh, how many different things FFA offered you that got you where you are today, too. Yeah, good deal. Let's uh, jump right in then, John, and focus back on last week's big USDA Ag Outlook Forum. When we talked with you a week ago, you were keyed up on how big the numbers were going to get, and they did not disappoint. Yeah, the USDA Outlook Forum on Thursday and Friday last week really put some interesting uh, twists on where this market might be going in the next, uh, basically next year. Uh, as they came out, first off, acreage, they put corn acreage at 92 million, soybean acreage at 90 million. That would be a, a record of principal acreage between the two combined at 182 million acres. So now we'll see if that gets put together. But the biggest numbers came out on Friday when they put those numbers into the balance sheet with solid production numbers that are very achievable. Uh, or maybe even a little bit on the lofty side, carryover for beans basically was up 20 million bushels from where we are right now, and corn was up 50 million bushels. So the market's been reacting here on uh, this so far this week, basically understanding that this tight supply picture is not going anywhere, and prices really surged in corn yesterday, and now to this morning we're kicking in on beans as, again, the market is starting to understand that we need to ration supplies, and the prices we've been trading at have been too cheap to do that, uh, and that's not even counting the summer weather. We basically have no wiggle room right now in terms of what the USDA put out there for its forecast. Now, again, those are basically baseline projections, but just the pure fact they're as tight as they are. And uh, with a whole growing season in front of us, a lot of things can change that could really make this a very, very interesting supply picture going into the 2021-22 marketing year. What happened to South America? Why are they suddenly off the radar so much? Well, it's just a pure fact that the demand is so strong and the global supply pictures, even with that large South American crop, are still necessary. And we need those. And, you know, and even when you throw 90 million acres of beans in and we're still barely breaking what we call pipeline uh, carryover, that, again, just tells you that, again, what's the supply picture like out there? And we need to do something. Now, realistically, bean prices may have moved a little too late here to maybe buy more acres at this time frame. We'll have to see how that kind of plays out next month. But uh, that's a large South American supply. It's still behind pace in terms of getting harvested. And realistically, it's counted for. Uh, in this in this window, and we just need to make sure we take keep a tight tighter rein on supplies overall. And it's not just beans; it's corn too. We need all those acres. And realistically, of the two grains, I mean, right now, beans are probably going to make their move and they're going to react aggressively. And I still think November beans might be the, the most undervalued commodity on the board at this stage, uh, at 1225 even. But corn is going to be a longer term story that we need to keep an eye on with this delayed planting uh, of the South American crop in Brazil. That's going to catch the end of their uh, production year or production cycle in the dry season. So that could tighten up those supply pictures even more so. And if we get any weather here, what's 
whatsoever. You know, the USDA was targeting a yield just short of 180. We haven't done that in three years. Uh, so if that comes back and even tightens up even more so, we could be looking at a carryout picture that could be pushing the billion, billion bushel mark and this core market too, in that case, might be just getting started. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the weather implications from the Texas headlines that we've been watching for the past week, John. Uh, not so much, uh, I mean, maybe winter veg- vegetables. I can't imagine too much as far as crops, but the livestock complex has to be paying attention. Yeah, mainly in the cattle market. I mean, the hog market did see some slowdowns in terms of plants and things of that nature because of that. Now, they've kind of recovered and got back to normal pace. Cattle market backed up about 70,000 head over those couple of weeks, and that's that weighed on the cash prices last week. And that was something really these front month contracts did not need. We we're already kind of dealing with a larger cattle supply. You know, we had cattle on feed on Friday, and the what we call the heavyweight cattle, those cattle on feed uh, over 150 days was up 23% over last year. So again, this tells you we just got a pile of cattle here in the front end that we got to continue to work through and then having those plants back up and you know being idle or lower on their kills for the week really just added to that pile so with that we saw some softness in those front month contracts i think we got to get february off the board here that expires on Friday. That might help things out a little bit. But at least right now, we kind of put a bit of a pause in a market that didn't need it here in terms of the cash market and movement of these cattle here in the front end. Are we getting a lot of outside interest now with uh, these commodities? Uh, you know, the open interest, the VIC, VIC. Is it VIX they call it? The VIX, yeah, the volatility index. Uh, yeah, we have been. And actually yesterday, if you kind of look at it you know, across the board, we saw a lot of movement into the commodity sector in general. You know, We continue to see a stock market that's making me very nervous, but it's still trending on the higher side. And obviously inflation is just a big talk right now in the last couple, you know, it's been, we've been talking about for a while, but it really kind of hit the markets and the news wires a little more last week about, you know, just a commodity super cycle here. You know, you got copper trading it to its highest point in basically 10 years. You got aluminum, you got other commodities that are moving higher. Well, obviously we're watching the energy complex as prices continue to climb there as well as, you know, U.S. production can't meet the demand that we're starting to forecast. So with with that, it's just been a window here with the U.S. dollar kind of breaking lower again yesterday that we see that money just kind of flow into the commodity sector and a little bit of what we call a risk on trade. I don't know. So then do I touch anything? To your point, if new crop is still undervalued on beans, what do I do? Just stand still for a minute? Yeah, at this stage, you know, we've kind of told guys to kind of keep a small percentage. Make sure you got your toe in the water. Start covering things up a little bit with some sales, but make sure you got that ownership over top. The whole key word this year is going to be flexibility and and locking things in physically is not flexible in that regard. Uh, You know, it's just very difficult at this stage, you know, because you got that price that's in front of you that you want to pull the trigger on. And realistically, I'm going to be, I'd be foolish to tell somebody to not sell profitability. So with that being said, you know, get a little bit moving here keep some targets in front of you you know option plays are out there over top go out and buy some time to get into next fall I mean, because if we do see any weather this rally very well could be there again next fall uh, but we might be starting at totally different levels than we did this year shivers well it makes it definitely worth a fun conversation we appreciate you kicking that off for us this morning john not a problem. And again, love to chat with people. If they got some questions, give me a call at 800-334-9779. It's going to be a year where you just got to look at all the different tools that are in front of you and keep, again, that flexibility in front of you on the marketing plan. John Heinberg, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, along with us live this morning. Again, totalfarmmarketing.com, their website. Tap into them.